listening to the Dana Crypto Show, Bitcoin and Common Sense. It all started with food. Primal people used to grow stuff outside their caves and eat it. But the weather everywhere was different, so people were freezing to death and couldn't grow anything. So what they did was they stole food from others. Smart, huh? Well, not quite. Soon, enough people realized they didn't have to steal from each other. Instead, they started to exchange food for things, horses, buckets, or whatever. But this didn't last very long, so people decided to use something else for that purpose. Hmm. Something more valuable. Something rare. Something like gold. There's not much gold in the world, and it's difficult to mine. Great, people Let's get down to business. So they started to exchange everything for gold, their food, work, and sometimes even their lives. Gold is not some kind of magic metal. People decided that it had value. Also, they realized that they would run out of it one day. Soon, enough people got tired of carrying gold around. It was heavy and could just get them into trouble. That's when people got another idea. Why not deposit gold in banks? Government started to print special papers called banknotes. All banknotes had different numbers written on them. This way, people knew how much gold a banknote could buy. Banks became the place where people kept their precious banknotes. Unlike gold, banknotes didn't require mining. Governments could print as many as they wanted. The value of banknotes started to drop. That's what we call devaluation. Bankers started to exchange different banknotes and receive huge bonuses in return. Very soon, money began to rule the world. That's when a group of smart guys decided to change things. They invented a new form of currency, the one that government and banks would not control. They called it Bitcoin. To prevent forgery, they invented a complicated algorithm that would create new Bitcoins. To prevent any fraud, they decided to register all Bitcoin transactions in one digital ledger, which they called a blockchain. At first, there were just a few of those smart guys. But with time, more and more people saw that Bitcoin was just like gold, only better. They could buy anything with it, meat, beer, jewelry, or even a Thai massage. This way, Bitcoins became secured by the interest of smart people. So now you know how the Bitcoin came into this world. Hurry, Bullwinkle! The show's about to start! I'm coming as fast as I can! This is John McAfee, and you're listening to the Dana Crypto Show. You can't handle the truth! You're a Gucci boo-boo. You're a Gucci boo-boo. Good afternoon, America. Welcome to the Dana Crypto Show. It's a show all about Bitcoin and blockchain technology. Yeah, Mr. Crypto. Changing it up, man. I got some exciting news and some things to talk about. Man, man, it's been a wild ride here on the Dana Crypto Show. It's the first FM radio show where in america on bitcoin and blockchain technology common sense i apologize for nothing kind of an exciting time here in mr crypto's life yes we'll go and we shall keep the white elephant in the room for the time being excellent absolutely excellent and i just gotta tell you something 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 man how you see it and how it is there's two different things man how you see it and how you perceive it how it is, two different things. We're going to talk about the government. And I'm on the thinking about the government. Now, we've got an exciting new format coming up. Uh, you can go to DanaCrypto.com. There's a new website out. And you can see everything Dana Crypto. You can see what he's about. And it's going to be expanded more and more. Just to give you a little idea, you go to DanaCrypto.com. Man, you can find this podcast. It'll give you links, man, right to, right to the cat daddy. <laughs> Right where you want to be, man. You can see my movie. 
And you can see a little thing we call Boomer Tunes. It's a retro show. We're going to bring that back, man. You can't stop this. You think you can stop this? You can't stop this train. More powerful than a locomotive. We're going to talk about the U.S. government. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Things happen in life. Life is big and life is busy. Everybody wants to be successful in their career, so it would seem. And they'll do anything and everything to advance their career, even if it means being a bully and not playing by the rules. Oh, come on! You might think that there's no such thing as bullies in the government, man, but you're wrong. Okay, dog. Start talking. I ain't rocking. And you gotta know your stuff, and it's very, very complicated. Everything they teach you in school is a lie. There's something on the books called aggravated identity theft. That means if you take somebody's uh, ID and steal it and use it for other means, then you stole them. That's aggravated. I don't know where the word aggravated comes in. I'm really not sure how they all do that. But the government, when they have someone and they want to bring them to their knees or get a guilty plea or do something along those lines, well, I'm going to tell you something, something. We use this law aggravated identity theft and we take it and we twist it and we make it something that it's not and you get convictions now the supreme court love them hate them whatever you think of the supreme court on june 8th of this year listen to this people listen to this because this this has circumstances and this 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 has domino effect on everything that you do if you're involved in business. If you're involved in crypto, you're listening to the Dana Crypto Show. It's the first FM radio show, now podcast, Boston Podcast Network, baby. That's right, you go there, pod617.com. Supreme Court, though, limits the scope of federal aggravated identity theft law. You have got to be kidding. I mentioned this to some people. A few months ago, I sent off a couple of emails. I said, hey, this can be a good thing, I think, for the people of America. Now, keeping it very general here, I'm not talking about any specific case, but I'm going to talk about a very specific case, actually. On June 8th, 2023, in a 9-0 decision, the Supreme Court delivered a significant opinion limiting the ability of the federal prosecutor and prosecutors to use federal aggravated identity theft. 9-0. Now, how often, we talk about there's a liberal court <laughs> and then there's a non-liberal court. How often does this happen where there's a uh, 9-0 ruling on anything? For duty and humanity. This is from the American Bar Association, by the way. Wow. How it goes, this guy Dubin, he has people's information on file. And every time the bill or the patient comes in, without asking their permission... Without asking their permission, he goes ahead and he charges medicine or whatever. But he didn't get permission. And since somebody sued him, because that's what we do in America, we sue. You know what they said? That's all we do. It's all, we, we'll get into that. We'll get into a lot of things. But this guy, Dubin, he took this all the way to the Supreme Court. All the way up. This is on the American Bar Association. This is not Dana Crypto speaking. Over the last decade, federal prosecutors have increasingly relied on this aggravated identity theft statute 
as a Krugel in federal health care investigation because it's a mandatory two-year sentence that it adds to any other statutory penalties. For instance, federal prosecutors frequently consider, this is the important part, Federal prosecutors frequently consider the mere act of using a beneficiary's name and insurance identifier to bill claims that the government believed were improper to be a violation of the aggravated identity theft. Denied. He had it on file. He's got it on file. And then what happens? It goes all the way to the Supreme Court. They vote nine nothing to this. Okay, so you have to understand that what the Supreme Court said, and and you can find this on the American Bar Association, by the way, in in the Dubin Supreme Court, they put a definitive end to the practices of requiring federal prosecutors to establish the identity theft is at the crux of what makes the conduct issue criminal and not the use of somebody's identity as an ancillary feature of billing or payments to be the crux of what makes the conduct criminal. The use of the individual's identity has to be fraudulent or deceptive as to who is involved. Now, and not just how or when the services were provided. That's huge. So let me tell you a little story real quickly, if, I could, if, if that is even possible. And again, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. And there are innocent people involved. And that's why the names have been changed to protect them. Because that's what we do in this country. We protect the innocent. And remember, we're working under the premise that the federal government is a machine. It's huge. It has unlimited resources and it can take anything and anybody down. On one day, 18 federal armed agents in full SWAT tactical gear approached a man at his house. And what happened was he opened the door and the agent stormed in and they said, hands in the air. They didn't tell him what was going on. They raced upstairs. They woke his, his son out of bed, scared the living bejesus out of him. And then with the guy's hand in the air, before the handcuffs are even put on, the federal agent whispers into his ear and says, you'll be back this afternoon. We're not holding you. This was at 6.30 a.m. This was on the 6 o'clock a.m. news, but... The incident happened at 6.30 a.m. If you can take a candy bar, why would you charge somebody with capital murder? Because that's kind of what you did to this dude. It's kind of what you did. You were really heavy on the dude. So this particular gentleman decides to go to trial. He says, I'm going to have a trial. I'm going to have a federal trial. Because you know something? Just remember, you only need a reasonable doubt. That's all you need, man. You don't need this, this factual guilt and this legal innocence. And then that's why we have lawyers. It's a whole nother subject. Make sure you get one that understands these things, like recent Supreme Court rulings. That would have been important to know in this guy's case, I'm guessing. Maybe to read that to the judge. The guy wants to go to federal trial. Man, man, oh, man, Ashevitz, really? You're going to do that? That's pretty ballsy. Well, and then after about three or four months, they indict him for aggravated identity theft for filling out a form with his son's name on it. Pretty bad. It's pretty bizarre, man. Who who, who would do this? Who would, what kind of human being would do this? My God, that's terrible. It's going to make a good headline. That's for sure. What if the the dad took care of his son's thing? Maybe his son was too busy doing other things and his dad was letting him do those things in life. Maybe music or something like that. I don't know. Maybe perhaps his dad, you know, didn't, didn't pay all his bills, but maybe he was still paying for his cell phone. 
didn't tell him when it was due. Was that aggravated identity theft? I don't think so. His, his car insurance, so he's paying that. He'd let him know, and then he'd pay on his behalf, and then say, oh, by the way, son, towards the end, I guess the dad was like, you know, you gotta, you're, you're an adult now. Maybe you should start paying for it, but you can still keep it on my policy. And when I renew it, I'm not going to tell you. Is that aggravated identity theft? I don't think so. And so because this man was going to challenge the federal government, what happened was is they charged him with this aggravated identity theft. And then he, they got both of the kids. He has two children. He got both of them subpoenaed to court to testify in a federal trial to get a guilty plea where if they had enough evidence, they wouldn't need to do that. But that's dirty, and that's how we win. So what you do is you don't hire the high-priced lawyer. And you'd have to go through this to understand it, and there will be no, hopefully there'll be no second time for this individual. I hope not. I'm sure there won't be. However, the, the things that we do to our citizens, ring them through the ringer, and now... They use dirty tactics. So by taking a plea deal, this person's going to be going to prison. Two-year sentence, something like that. And with the first step act that was signed into law, maybe perhaps if he's a model guy and he does his thing, perhaps, maybe he'll get out in 10 or 11 months. Uh, maybe perhaps he doesn't belong there in the first place. I don't know. You, you, you decide. That's why we have a jury system a jury of our peers, men and women, just like you and I, that can take this legal system and take it and put it all aside and consider the person, consider the humanity, consider the circumstances, consider the culpability, what were they thinking, and to, to hash that all out and then to come to a general consensus. But even in a trial, they'll control the narrative to the best of their ability. And what kind of low-life piece of crap would involve a, a person's family to get a win? Who does this? The federal government. 95% of the people that would be charged like this guy was charged and treated like this guy was treated would have folded. They would have crumbled. They'd be nothing. But you know something? 5% win. 5% don't put their net worth on what others think. There are so many other issues to the story. It's outrageous. Charges for unemployment insurance, collecting it when you're unemployed. It was the pandemic. The dude was unemployed. Well, he owned a business. Well, the business, he didn't take a paycheck. There was no payroll checks in the discovery. None. They couldn't, they, they could, couldn't do that. According to this guy, those payments for a business that was an investment, that he was trying to get his money back, which he never did. And after you did that, you, you, you ran and you sold your business. Sold the business at a loss to a kid from the hood it only took about a year before the payments were defaulted. And luckily or unluckily, the lease was still in this gentleman's name. So he went back and wrote a check for $9,000. And then he put the business back up for sale and sold it at a $90,000 loss. But if you control the narrative on this and many other things, then you put a little spin on it and you take away the voice. And that's why we have trials in this country. And this is why the federal government does the illegal plea bargaining. It's not in the law. There's no law about plea bargaining, and it doesn't exist. It's not in the Constitution. And by doing this, they reduce us 
to a pittance. They'll reduce you to a pittance. They'll take away every right. You will sign off every single right you have because they know. And they have unlimited resources. Funny you should say that. Oh, by the way, that aggravated identity theft, there was a, a previous loan, pandemic loan, according to this guy, for X amount of dollars that was legit, 100%. And he gave that money to his son. Then they charged the guy with aggravated identity theft. You can't have a voice. You don't have a voice. You have no voice. You're voiceless. So listen to me. and Listen to me good. This guy's going to go and he's going to go to a prison camp, white collar. I understand there's no bars. I understand there's free movement, but what's free movement? Is your freedom? And then he's going to come back and he did this to save his children from a federal trial. And from my understanding, if this went to trial, from what I understand, the gentleman would, for the first time, explain to this jury of his peers exactly what was going on inside his head, what he was thinking, the relationship with his kids, the state of mind that he had, the fact that they piled on all these charges, and in the federal court system, unfortunately, it's all or nothing. And so... In reality, what the federal court system does, it forces people to lie because you're admitting to stuff, admitting to certain crimes that you didn't do while you did others, perhaps. So you can't, it's all or nothing, baby, with the feds. And that's a problem. We're doing a a four-part series. It's called Roadblocks to Justice. It's going to be four parts. The next four Dana crypto shows, you're going to be hearing Roadblocks to Justice We're going to be talking about some of the inconsistencies in the legal system, in the judicial system. We're going to talk about choosing the right lawyer. And it's not always the most popular guy, the most expensive one. Actually, that could come into back to bite you in many, many ways. And we're going to just talk about the reality of the situation at hand. I really appreciate you listening to the show, your help, your support. Go to DanaCrypto.com because, you know, here at the Dana Crypto Show, we believe in a few basic principles. We believe in a level playing field. We believe that everyone should have equal access and opportunity to all things that make us healthier and wealthier as a nation. We believe that talent is distributed equally, but opportunity, well, it's not. The revolution is here, and hopefully by becoming a fan of the Dana Crypto Show, you too can get in on the game. My name is Dana. Yeah, Mr. Crypto. That's right. You know where to find me, man. New site, man. New site. DanaCrypto.com. And always remember, mutants, freaks, and cryptophiles. I am your king.